and a reading from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people, women, children, and men, who walked bleakness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of the shadow of death, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have magnified its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. As people, women, children, and men, exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burdens and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the days of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests on his shoulders, and his name shall be called a wonder, a counselor, a mighty God, perpetual parent, prince of peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be peace without end for the throne of David and his monarchy. God will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of God, commander of heaven's vanguard, will do this. Okay. Some of the earliest things that I learned from the church is the idea, and this is, this is true, this is scriptural, that we are a city on a hill, a light to the world, salt in the earth. Um, salt in the earth, salt in the earth. It, we're, it's salty. Um, we're salty people. And that we are given this challenge of bringing God's presence and God's good news and God's deliverance and God's salvation to the rest of the world. That we are light in darkness. Um, and that, that comes in a lot of different forms. You like, you learn it through the scriptures. Um, I remember as a kid, you go to, you go to vacation Bible school and in the summertime, and one of the things they really hit you hard with is bring your friends. Bring your friends. Who brought a friend today? Stand up and bring your friends. Bring everybody in here. We need to get more people into this so that they can come and they can learn about God and they can experience the presence of God and the goodness of God. Um, and you see that in basically the way most churches do everything. It's what can we do to get more people to come to us? so that we can teach them more about God, so that we can bring God's presence, so that we can be God's presence, right? Um, and it, again, I'm not saying that it's all entirely misguided or wrong. It's, it's, it's very scriptural. You, you see, um, the, the great commission of Jesus. In fact, you read that section in, in Matthew and Jesus gathers his disciples and he's, talking to them, it's almost as if we read it as if he turns to the camera and speaks directly to us. Now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. And um, and that has always been like the impetus and the motivation behind so much. I remember um, years ago when I first kind of 
became aware of intentional communities, incarnational communities, missional communities, things kind of like what we're doing here before I found this group. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, this turns the whole thing on its head. Instead of trying to call people to us to be so that we can teach them and be the presence of God, we need to go out into the world and bring the presence of God to other people. We need to go and find where, where people are in our schools or in our workplaces or in place, and we can bring God to them and we can begin to teach them through the way that we act and the way that we live our lives and they're going to be drawn to us and then we can open the Bible and teach them and do all these wonderful things. We can bring God to other people. And that was very much the mindset that I was in when I first joined um, this community, which happened officially about 10, 10 years ago this month, um, which is kind of hard to believe. Um, but that idea that, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to start something in a neighborhood and we're going to be the light on the hill. We are going to be the presence of God and we're going to go and show. And I remember, um, some of the experiences that I had interacting with people, um, in my neighborhood and beginning building relationships and doing things. And if I'm really honest about it, I was a little frustrated because there, what I discovered is that there's a lot of people in the neighborhood that, um, were already doing a lot of really good things. Um, there, there were, there was already a sense of community that existed. I didn't have to come in and like create it. It was there and people there, different people. Some of them went to churches at different places and some of them didn't. And, but they were coming together and having fun and they were coming together and supporting the school and they were coming together and doing other things. And I was frustrated and confused and was like, how do I? bring this into what we're doing? How do I make this a, a, a real thing? How, what? Um, and it was, a, it was a frustrating experience and, and it, it took a while um, of living that and of being in this community for me to realize that I hadn't fully inverted the concept on its head that I started at before of we need to draw people to us so that we can show them the presence of God. And that gets us to what we're talking about. Every year, at the beginning of the year, uh, we like to take the epiphany season of messages and talk about the things that form the DNA of storyline. We can talk about our vision, or we can talk about our mission. Um, and this year, we're talking through our values. And the value that I have today is that God is at the margins. And honestly, I don't, had I read this before years ago, I would have gone, yes, we need to bring God to the margins. We need to go into the dark places and bring God and be that there. Um, what I've learned with this community and what I've come to really believe and value is that when you go to the margins, when you go out of the church building, when you go out into the community and into the world, that's where you find God. 
And it's not that we have to bring God to people and show them this is the, this is, this is how you're supposed to live. This is what you have to care about. This is how we interact with each other. This is, that is happening all around the world if you can find it. And sometimes there are opportunities to do more and you can plug in and join there. And sometimes there are obvious needs and sometimes they're not, but that you can come out and find people that maybe some of them go to a church that's not yours. Maybe some of them have a different faith or not, but that they're there together in community. And within that, you can experience the presence of God. And it doesn't have to end up in, now let me open the scriptures and teach you about what all of this means. Um, so I just want to pause at this point and just bring this out to you guys. Um, does this ring true to you? Do you have similar experiences or is this just my own mental issue? Um, how have you come to experience God outside of these, outside of our normal context? Where have you seen God in the margins? Um, I, I think I've said before that that's been one of the most thrilling, um, and surprising, uh, parts of like my experience of storyline in the last 15 years is like this consistent and reiterating discovery of God at work in, in my neighbors who I thought I was like bringing God to, um, mm-hmm. as you were saying, mm-hmm. um, and, and Daryl and Terry being here. Well, and Ryan too. I mean, y'all remember going to, um, Vickery Meadow and having mm-hmm. picnics with our, uh, Iraqi Muslim neighbors and, um, you know, meeting Hassan and Suhaib and, uh, uh, um, Kateba, the, the person of peace for us there. Um, this year, uh, the first experience that came to mind was the, uh, one of the first times that I showed up at the, uh, Dallas County Jail that I, um, and I, I talked about it earlier this fall, I think. Um, if you haven't been to Dallas County Jail, it's just, you know, 100 foot, high brick walls and you walk through this corridor in between the the uh, courthouse on one side and the jail complex on the other and you just feel dwarfed uh by 
these massive, the massive institutions that are, that are embodied in these buildings. Um, you feel really small, like a little, uh, like a little cog compared to this massive system. And, you know, Faith in Texas is this organization that shows up regularly and their, their prophetic demonstration is to bail people out who are being held for one to $50 and they can't afford it. And they're, they've been in there, you know, three or six or 12 months, um, way longer than they should be for, um, you know, some petty misdemeanor crime. And I remember, you know, there's no like official place to sit. There's kind of some, like a little brick wall with a planter in between it. And there, there is a little like bench that maybe a couple of people could sit on. Uh, but I remember sitting there while there's this line. Um, of people waiting to get in for jury duty early in the morning at the courthouse. You're watching the, the guards change shifts coming in and out of the jail and this small group of people there for faith tech, faith in Texas to, to bail somebody out and to help them, you know, get the help they need on the other side of that and feeling this wind blow through this little corridor and like having this moment where I'm like, spirit moves like the wind, like, I, I, I feel like, uh, I'm in the presence of God right now. Mm. Um, and, and I mean, it doesn't it make sense that Jesus is among the incarcerated and setting captives free and, um, working for justice and loosening chains. Like, uh, I'm nowhere near a church building here, but I am having this, spiritual experience as the wind blows across my face. Um, that's just a poignant memory for me this year. Um, Sean's counselor has in like the signature line of her emails, a quote, I don't know what it is. Like people are like sunrises. You don't look at a sunrise and think, Oh, how could you be better sunrise? Maybe a little more pink here. <laughs> you know, Go faster, go slower, do this, change this. You're not feeling it enough. Like you just watch the sunrise unfold and that that's how people are. That one of the things, best things we can do for someone is just watch them unfold. And I think that, yeah, in mission or in the church, like we do tend to want to be like, uh, you need to fix this. And this is what you need to do. And a lot of things that I thought were showing God to people were just showing legalism and my rules to people. Um, but that there is value in being a person who is attentively watching other people mm. unfold like a sunrise. Um there are lots of people doing good things and God is out there. I think sometimes what we can do is, is to say, look at this, this is good. 
um, rather than let's fix this. <laughs> Um, this is not so much what I see around me in a face-to-face, person-to-person situation is just what I see um, very specifically in my every day, every evening uh, connection with Ukraine as I'm constantly, I don't get a whole lot of sleep. Uh, I go to bed later uh, these days for the last year because of that, because uh, I'm always checking Ukrainian news, um, Kiev Independent or United 24. Uh, you know, I'm constantly checking it. And But what keeps coming is I'm getting messages from friends over there, um, messages from people that were in secular youth camps that I worked with, is I see an incredible love for people among the Ukrainian people as they are uh, and okay, let's talk creation and, and cats and dogs and, uh, rescuing people and animals from rubble. Uh, and just this incredible united, um, uh, unity that's going on and not just in some sort of let's fight the enemy, uh, or let's, you know, let's bomb this Russian, you know, it's not, not that I'm, I'm talking about, I'm seeing people going out of their way to love on folks. And it's the presence of God that I'm seeing because again, whether or not you are intentionally a Christ follower, if God is in beauty and if God is in love, then that's what we're seeing. We're seeing God working through people who may not even realize that God is working through them. And I just Mm -hmm. see quite a lot of that. this past year, very specifically. I think sometimes I want to separate my personal life from my work life, uh, which sometimes I think that's good. Um, But just sitting here, I don't really think that I had previously thought about the fact of how many margin, margin, I cannot say that, marginalized people every day that I have the opportunity to support and connect um, them with what either for their child or for them as a family need in their community. Um, And so I, I think... I think today it's made me realize that, um, you know, I, I, I do see my job as a, as more of a ministry than I have a job. And that's probably why I love it so much. But, um, I do have a lot of marginalized people that I support every day. Um, and so anyway, I, I just hadn't thought about that before. Hmm. We got a question that I've been thinking about is, okay, if 
we discover God in the margins, if, if we, we don't have to bring him there, we don't have to bring God to the margins. God is already present and we can discover God there. What is our role? What, what do we need to do? Like if, if as we go out and we're like, oh, God's over here and God's over there. Weren't we supposed to, what, 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 how, how do you see our role as Christians, as, um, as missional community, as whatever in this, in this context? Okay, just immediately when you said that, mm-hmm. first of all, we have to acknowledge it. Acknowledge that this is God in the margins mm-hmm. that, and praise him for it. But also to praise others who are in the margins and doing those things, whether they're doing it intentionally for God or not. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's it, that I'm seeing God in you. Uh, I'm seeing beauty in you no matter what. Uh, so I, I think that's first reaction. Um, oh, okay. I've said this before. I think that some of our, some of the reason we're told to go out and do mission is because otherwise we would be complete jerks because we need to experience other people <laughs> and other ways of looking at things. So I do think it is like a personal spiritual discipline. It's a way that God forms us to not, you know, to like, uh, be more humble and be more accepting and all of these many things. Um, so I think that's part of it, but then I don't, this is, I don't, I'm not sure that this might not be where you're going. Um, in fact, I'm almost positive it won't be where you're going, but, uh, we won't know until we get there. Yeah, I know, right? We'll just see. We'll, <laughs> we're, we'll let it unfold together. Like, I'll the let sunrise. Take the wheel. um, <laughs> uh, confrontation and like interpersonal dynamics are one thing that I see like, where every group that I've ever been in, there's always like backbiting and people talking about each other. People like don't know what to do with the interpersonal conflict that Mm. comes, even when you're doing something good together. And I think that Mm. that's one of the ways that like the way that we treat each other as Christ followers, the way that we, you know, aren't gossiping about each other behind each other's backs or those kinds of things like that's a way that we can contribute positively even when good things are happening and i don't again i don't know that that's exclusive to like the church but that's one thing that any any context i've been in no matter what awesome thing they're doing there's always like i don't know there's people just not knowing how to relate to each other when they have a conflict Mm. um and not to say that I've brought things to it. I've learned a lot of things from it, but I think that's like an area where we mm-hmm. have many things laid out from Jesus on how to treat each other. And that's a good a contribution we can make to any group that we're in. So, uh, Thanks. Daryl, uh, your comments made me think about 
uh, Mary Oliver. The real Mary Oliver? She's a theme today, yeah. Well, I mean, her her real and fake poetry. Uh, and, uh, you know, her one of her mantras is uh, something like, I'm probably getting this wrong. I don't know if she does the show up part, but pay attention and be astonished is like a mantra of hers. And um, like we have to see it uh, as part of part of our role. And I think I heard you saying too, like part of our role can be to name it um, because we are a spiritual people. And that is not, that's not a given in our, in our context and in, in amid secularity in particular, like to, to see things with that, those eyes. Um, and I, um, I think that Elaine Heath was inspired by Mary Oliver when she developed her like contemplative stance thing about showing up and paying attention. I think that is riffing on Mary Oliver, but her, her other two steps, um, and the, the are, uh, about participating. And then the last one, releasing the outcomes, but, uh, the participating part, I think is big in the role. Um, like we join in, um, we, we do other people's things. We, um, we, and, and not just other people's, what the things that God is doing in that as we're naming what's happening, uh, and identifying it, we, we come alongside of that, the spiritual energy that's being output and, and get in the stream of it, join in, uh, um, get on the wave of it with other people. Um, I think that's a big part of our, um, our role and, and how we are a, an embodied witness to what God is doing just simply by virtue of naming it and then participating in it. Um, I'm going to piggyback off of that too, because yeah, okay, like a baby, baby back or something like that. Um, what for me, part of this too is praising and lifting up those who are in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said this often. There is so much condemnation and attack in this world. Do we need to add to it? I mean, it. There's no need to help it because we got, there's plenty of it now. I, I think of, um, I think it was Elie Wiesel who, who said why, when he's talking about a couple of Jewish factions, the, the Hasidic people and the, I cannot remember the other one. Um, he said, why do we fight? And going, going to what you were saying, why do we fight and attack one another when the enemy does it so much better? You know, and I just think the praising of those who are involved and lifting them up, whether or not they identify as Christian, mm. just to say, but there was the old line from uh, Stephen King's "The Stand," where the 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 blind guy was it blind? I can't remember. Uh, one one of the guys that had a handicap was saying, you know, talking to the um, the lady that was the protagonist for the good people. She said, you know, I, I don't I don't think I believe in God anymore, and she says that's okay. God believes in you, you know, and, and that's can be quipping. I know, but, but it's the same kind of thing. Let's lift up those who are going 
in the right, in a direction that praises God. Uh, there's a book that the friendship factor where one of the items there said, if anyone is going anywhere near to where you're going, jump on their wagon, you know, so. That's good. Yeah. Two things that I, that I hear. And one is, is another lesson that I've had to unlearn or learn. I don't Growing up in, in the church, I grew up with this idea that we held the monopoly on goodness mm-hmm. and that we held the monopoly on the reason for doing anything good and that everything outside was just evil. Um, and it's not true. And there is so much goodness in this world. And so to be out there and to lift it up and to recognize that. Um, and then to bear witness to it. Um, and to name it. I like that, right? That we, we can be out and we can see God at the margins and we can say, this is God. I think that's, I think that's really important, uh, in our society right now, because there's a lot of people that are out there that are saying, this is God, and they're pointing at something that's not so good. Um, that it's probably good to have a counter voice out there to be able to look and say, no, right here, right here, in the midst of all of the terrible stuff, here's God. And, and over here with these people that, that are not Christian, that are not this, but that they're, here's God over here. Here's, I, I, I keep thinking about that, the line from Les Mis, um, to, to love another person is to see the face of God. So I like that. Recognizing that there is, there is goodness outside of the confines of the church. Um, and then that our role is to, is to see it and to name it and to participate in it, to join, to go find what's happening and, and, and do our part. And it's, for me, that is clarifying. It is freeing. Um, I remember a book that I read years ago called, I think it was called Radical. And it was, the the thesis basically was, we got to take everything seriously. And all of these people that don't know Jesus are going to go to hell. And we've got to get out there. We've got to do something about it. We've got to be crazy radical with our lives. And it's just like, oh, my God, we've got to... We've got, and it's just the, 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 the burden and the fear and the, the need to like save everybody. And it's my fault if they, yeah. Um, many, most of the theological issues from that aside, like it's just, it's freeing to be able to say, no, God is, is already, it's already in charge of the world. God is already working in the world. God is already in places and it's it's not my responsibility to save anybody from god from theology aside it's not my responsibility to get out there and and to 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 make people think right or believe right 
or it change anybody's mind or heart or anything. It's just to go be around and witness God and participate and join. Um, there's another uh, thing that I heard years ago that we are called to faithfulness and not to success. And that's really stuck with me. This, however you might define success in a religious context, like we're not called to any of that. It's, uh, I think actually it lines up with what Charles said earlier about releasing outcomes that we can just go and find and participate. Um, and that's enough. Does anybody, anything else anyone wants to say or respond? I immediately thought, are you the Messiah or should we wait for someone else? Please wait for someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My thought as you're talking about all this is that the the stakes are really high. Mm. The stakes are not low in how we imagine God at work in the world and particularly the church's participation in God's work in the world because the, the, um, the, the proven and historical outcome of the, um, the, the very rigid bringing God to the world mentality mm-hmm. resulted in the colonial project mm-hmm. and the European conquest of the world that subjugated numbers of nations and peoples to it subjugated indigenous peoples here in the United States and Canada. It subjugated African peoples. It, it, it birthed white supremacy and slave trade and the, the middle passage. Like the stakes are really high in how we imagine our role in participating. Um, and so, I mean, part of what's, uh, it just adds extra oomph yeah. into yeah. this. This is really important. Like we, um, it, 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 we're not chickening out to say, oh, we just need to be bolder and bring it. Like, no, especially for us white folks, we, we need a different posture than the, the black and white. It's all good in here. It's all bad out there. We need to fix and save. That's, that's actually, that's a colonial impulse and mindset. Uh, and it, it, it bears bad fruit. And so, for that reason, the stakes are high. Yeah. Let me pray for us. God, we um, we love you. We um, are, at least I continue to be amazed by the way that you work in this world. Um, you have subverted my expectations. <laughs> You're present here everywhere in 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 the unexpected places or, or the places that are unexpected unless you're not paying attention in the areas where there is no power with people who have no agency or control 
people who are cast out of society. That's where you are. And thank you for opening our eyes to this. And thank you for this community that values looking for you there, witnessing you there, naming you there, and joining you there. God, we ask that you continue to be present in this world. Um, we ask, there's, we see you here, but there is so much, so much that is wrong and broken. And we ask for transformation, for deliverance, for things to be made right. Please continue working. Please be more obvious. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.